Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, where we will bring you some of the most interesting interviews and features from the world of tech. Visit irishtechnews.ie and check out our podcast section to explore all of our previous episodes. You can subscribe to our podcast using whatever your favourite app or service is by visiting anchor.fm forward slash irish tech news. Hello, I'm your host, Effie Pilarino, and today I'm with a very special guest, um, a social entrepreneur. He is the CEO and founder of Edonic. Uh, I'd like to welcome Severio Aiden. Welcome, Severio. Hi, Effie. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I mean, uh, you work um, in an area that is... uh, uh, typically connected with uh, disasters, natural disasters, uh, humanitarian disasters, war, and and so on. Um, and so, so this is really um, an area that touches everybody's uh, heart, especially right now with uh, what's going on in Turkey. Tell us about Edonic, which is really. Uh, uh, a venture focused on humanitarian innovation, but goes beyond just payment infrastructure or using blockchain to to trace uh, uh, um, uh, the the flows. I know that you're much broader. So tell us first of all why and how you came about creating Adonic. So I was founding my own NGO 10 years ago. When the Syrian war started, we started to respond with a small initiative that led me then to next programs. Although I came from the corporate sector, I was working for 12 years in the commodity and petrochemical trading business responsible for shipment and uh, physical trading. But then when we started this initiative, we realized that there've been many gaps and challenges. So also lack of humanitarian assistance when the war started, which led to a huge humanitarian crisis in and around Syria. So we founded an NGO, we started to respond with various programs, and then we started to focus on crisis response, humanitarian aid, such as food distribution, medical aid, shelter support, uh, various other psychosocial programs, educational and long uh, midterm and long-term programs to relieve the people help the war-affected families to overcome these difficult times. And since then, we basically uh, established a very wide network in the Middle East, but also in parts of Africa, where we until today realized and established more than 400 humanitarian and sustainable development programs and impacted more than 400,000 lives so far. I discovered during that time that the sector, the nonprofit space, or more concretely, the humanitarian aid sector, is lacking digital innovation, digital transformative solutions, which can make our work in the field, but also in the whole processing of humanitarian aid, funds, and assistance more efficient and more transparent. Transparency has been the largest challenge in the sector, which led to mistrust and uh, reputational damage uh, from donors towards the sector. So we started to explore how we can fix that that system, how we can improve and empower humanitarian actors with digital innovation. We came across blockchain technology where we started to ex- conceptualize 
and pilot a solution in 2019 in Syria by tokenizing humanitarian aid and allow donors to track and trace the aid from their hometowns abroad directly up to the final recipients to see how, where, and for what aid and donations are being used. We further ex explored more digital innovative solutions and started to build a whole payments infrastructure and data management platform, which can be used by humanitarian organizations to process, manage, and program all the data around the humanitarian aid project during emergencies, during disasters, but also during sustainable long-term projects. Severo, so that means that the DONIC not only has developed um, infrastructure that you use to move funds and tell us also if you're moving uh, in kind, but you are offering this infrastructure to others. So there's a B2B if you want offering. Exactly. So we are offering our cloud-based platform to any humanitarian organizations to use it uh, fully uh, remotely also. I mean, we equipped it with various features such as beneficiary data collection, automated reporting, real-time monitoring of aid flows, data management, and also partner and collaborative solutions where NGOs can equip the platform, onboard their partners, vendors, humanitarian actors to manage everything fully remotely digital. This basically replaced the Excel spreadsheets where most of the organizations today are relying on. Excel has been prone to errors. It is shared with major uh, third-party providers sensitive data is exposed to people that should not have access to this data so we provide them the gdpr compliant platform to really overcome all these challenges so so this part is not really blockchain you're talking about enabling uh, other ngos or agencies involved in in humanitarian activities to move first of all to to the cloud and second, with secure databases and, and tools. Where does blockchain really come in and how do you differ? I mean, I've, I've heard of other initiatives in the space trying to use blockchain. Indeed. So because we our background is fully humanitarian, we come from the field and we, we could see where blockchain can really add value and where it would not add value. That we that was basically our guidance in imp implementing the blockchain part, not in all processes that we developed in our tech stack, but in those processes where it really it really adds value, and that's where the transparency part is coming to. So what we do is we build two blockchain models. One was powered by the Stellar blockchain, and the other one was based on the Near uh, blockchain protocol. We are tokenizing the funds from the, that are contributed from donors, and then basically storing the transactions, the transactions that are being done between the donors, their NGOs, and the final recipients. Those transactions are stored on the blockchain, which can be then tracked and traced by any stakeholder, by the donors, like a, like a, a parcel, a post back, uh, on, on or DHL, you can click on a link and you can see where the funds are for what and where it's being used. 
So in those transactions, individual transactions, we can use the blockchain part and integrate it to any of our clients' infrastructures. And where, wherever we don't use the blockchain, which is, for example, the data management, the reporting part, the data collection, the smart forms that can be sent to the final recipients to collect data, there we don't use blockchain because it's not adding in a value. Understand, understand. I mean, it, can you give us um, an idea right now with the big humanitarian crisis and, and the spotlight on, on Turkey? What exactly, how, how are you working or give us also some sense of how Adonic is moving not only funds, but in-kind donations? So with our platform, we can basically, again, we equip, we provide the technology to manage disaster response. Disaster response requires coordination. It requires fast and efficient deployment of aid and assistance. And then also the monitoring. Monitoring is very important, especially when it comes to disasters where you have multitude of organizations operating in one place. It always leads to duplication. Families would receive two, three food parcels while others would not receive. We provide, we immediately after the earthquake established a conference, a webinar, and invited the largest international organizations and then discussed and provided some sort of coordination and exchange of information on which are the best practices to use to, to respond to the crisis, uh, especially around cash and voucher assistance. Adonic's very important component is that allows NGOs to deliver cash and vouchers. This is a, during disaster response or during the recovery response, very important tool to help the people on the midterm needs. So Adonic uh, was immediately calling out to all the NGOs and provided this platform and infrastructure. Right now we are building a pipeline in Syria where we can as, deploy very fast digital vouchers, QR codes, that can be distributed among the earthquake affected communities and then they can approach mobile units units distribution points of food healthcare medicines um, clothes blankets water all these items are available at various distribution points and people can simply go with their qr codes and redeem them for all the necessary supplies that they require so this infrastructure is in is in place. We are just now about to deploy that. We are we are helping with coordination. We are helping with the data management, and also on the Turkey side, we are currently talking to local financial service provider to integrate them into our platform for immediate cash assistance to the earthquake victims. I mean, th this is um, extremely important to the point that 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 you just mentioned how financial institutions or payment institutions can be uh, intermediaries to, to, to process this, even though they are not, you know, they don't have that technology. You're really um, enabling them to act as intermediaries, as they're local, as, as they have the capabilities and you provide them the technology there, right? Exactly. So we have an open API. We can connect any financial service provider, mobile money operators that are legally licensed to operate in those local areas. 
and the platform basically bridges the gap between the NGOs that need very complex systems to monitor, manage all the data and the payments between the financial service provider, which are the last mile cash out dispersers of cash. Um, they can they can withdraw, they can send money directly to accounts, to prepaid cards. We can facilitate cash outs at agents such as Western Union or local post offices. So we are basically covering and exploring all the most beneficial modalities to respond as fast as possible. I mean, it seems to me that really you are the enabler of huge network effects in this type of disaster that, as you said before, requires huge coordination, not only to not have duplication, but to, to direct in where there's more need and just to, to help everybody that's involved in this situation. Exactly. This was core of our uh, goal because speed is essential. It will, it, it, it counts. Every minute counts to save lives. The faster mm -hmm. people can, can reach assistance, the better. And uh, that's our core goal. Severio, I mean, you talking about um, social entrepreneurship or, or a business that um, has purpose. I mean, Edonic is a, a perfect example. Can you share with us a story that over the past uh, four or five years that you've been at least uh, live that has really moved you and, you know, made all the challenges of, of this business worthwhile? Yeah, I mean, what, what is really worth to mention is the challenge for social enterprises to... Uh, to establish scale and raise the capital needed to build those businesses. Today, unfortunately, most of the um, investors, VCs, private equity companies focusing on the capital markets, those businesses, those verticals that are very capitalistic, but not social. We made the, the unfortunate reality that uh, almost a very minor amount of, of, of uh, investors focus on our verticals. And that is very unfortunate because exactly now with this example of the earthquake, so much had been made better. People, lives could have been saved if more innovation, more investment, more technologies, and also engineering solutions could have been developed and uh, used in this crisis. We're talking about seismic sensor uh, related solutions, um, thermographic cameras that can find uh, people on the rubbles, um, uh, forecasts, uh, AI that today is used for, for various other purposes could have been used, maybe powered by data and prediction solutions that could have maybe raised awareness prior to such events. I mean, I'm not the expert, but I'm pretty sure if we can build robotics, if we can fly out to discover the universe, first, let's focus on the problems we have here on earth, on the planet and help to solve our humanitarian issues and problems before really focusing only on those other areas, which does not really help in this kind of events that we experienced last week. 
Yes, and as you said, you know, we've been talking globally about uh, stakeholder capitalism and, um, you know, the social aspect and the humanitarian aspect is really under under discussed and under considered and, and we remain in this um, profit oriented uh, focused um, uh, society uh, and and you know even in the humanitarian aid right now my personal experience with the the, the earthquake uh, is that people have such a distrust that they want to help I'm talking about individuals, uh, but since they still don't, the, the technology isn't there. So if I donate a hundred Swiss francs, a thousand euros, whatever it is, the amount, 10 euros, um, I really don't know where it has gone. And how how does Edonic empower and inspire individuals? Or are you more focused on the challenges, the major challenges that the organizations, the NGOs have um, in in their uh, work. Yeah, we are focusing on both areas. So the reason is um, the end-to-end -end transparency and traceability of funds, of donations, is is a huge uh, problem and challenge that need to be solved, and that is currently what uh, what Idonic is solving. We provide this end-to-end -end infrastructure and traceability solution powered by blockchain to any organization and NGO. We are right now about to pilot and explore a proof of concept with uh, a major Swiss bank, or, uh, one of the largest retail banks, to integrate our end-to-end -end tracking solution into their banking platform and application to allow banking clients, but also other clients to donate, track, and trace. And we want to scale that. As you mentioned, as an early stage social enterprise, we are dealing with many challenges to build and scale the company, to raise capital, to hire people, to find the right strategies for business development. We are working on all ends and with pretty soon, we hope, with also our current investors, partners and upcoming supporters, we're gonna scale in the various directions to allow basically not only banking clients, but also major other donors to use a secure end-to-end -end platform to help people in need. So much like we talk about, you know, sustainability and how I would like to see my carbon footprint in in my my consumer uh, spending on my credit card and so on. We, we, you're looking to integrate the transparency of donating within, for example, a banking app, that is something that we all use or within a, a digital wallet, if you want. So we really feel like in person, if we help somebody with a meal, that we could do that digitally and, and globally by, by having this type of technology integrated in, in our banking solutions. Exactly, we provide a white labeled backend system and infrastructure that can facilitate this end-to-end -end traceability. It can be integrated to any corporate platform because corporates already have a huge user base. And for them, it's very feasible to integrate that and allow them to do good. And also it improves their ESG and CSR strategies. 
of course the operating system the back-end system can also be used by very large international organizations of course but also to existing crowdfunding platforms that only raise the funds and send them to the ngos but do not track what happens after so with our system they can plug it into and integrate it and then trace the last mile eight delivery for better efficiency also in the same time great can you give us uh, some uh, figures around the current situation in turkey of what's been processed and and what's been handled to to give us an idea of the magnitude of maybe the donations or the number of organizations that are involved uh, and so on well i mean the the magnitude the impact of on the people's lives that this earthquake occurred is massive and we hear it from the news i mean there are this area where the earthquake happened inhabitants approximately 2 million people. These are all affected in some sort. Uh, some lost completely their houses. Some of them, uh, their houses are partly damaged and some of them are just afraid to return back to their homes. So we are, we are talking about a huge displaced number of people that need shelter, that need food, healthcare, medicines, warmth, clean water. Um, then on the on the NGO side, on the humanitarian side, we hear, I mean, there's like hundreds of millions in aid, also in kind, but also in financial aid distributed, delivered into these areas. Of course, the the last mile handover of assistance is always um, a challenge. I mean, especially during crises where uh, people dealing with multiple factors, also um, cholera is going to be a massive uh, issue uh, we hope not but we we learned from the haiti earthquake that a couple of months after the earthquake a massive cholera outbreak happened and the same is is uh, predicted um for for this region and uh, it requires clean water international assistance and coordination to really limit these potential uh, further uh, disasters Severio, if if um, those that are listening to us uh, want to uh, get involved, uh, what is the best way uh, to to take advantage of Edonic's uh, capabilities? Um, you have a list of NGOs that you're working with. What what is the best way for our listeners? Currently, our in-house NGO, Aramaic Relief International, is deployed since the first hours after the earthquake. We are working in Syria in the in, in the northern part since uh, 10 years, and we are already deploying humanitarian assistance with our field teams and partners, also monitored and managed by the Adonic platform. Uh, we are currently establishing more, more pipelines and onboarding more NGOs that would use the channels through the Adonic technology to deliver aid. Again, at the moment, everyone is is, is uh, busy with emergency responses. That means delivering, carrying in-kind aid such as food, clean water, and blankets to those affected areas. But pretty soon, and we should not forget the euphory of donors in the very beginning is always pretty high, but then it, it drops pretty yeah. fast. But it is then where the people need uh, help as, uh, as same as, as they, they are needing it in the right now. So... The needs will remain and we will gonna be gonna deal with humanitarian needs for a very long period. So I want to emphasize 
to the people that want to help to stay and close and follow our activities. We are regularly informing everyone through our LinkedIn channels and other social media channels on how best they can support. Again, pretty soon we're going to move into the midterm recovery phase where people need constant um, supply of cash and voucher assistance to, to buy and cover their urgent needs. And then we will move into a long-term uh, and uh, development needs such as psychosocial support, post-traumata healing and reconstruction. So we are keep informing the people. You can you can uh, also reach out. Everyone can reach out to us. We, we are happy to uh, assist and advise uh, everyone on how best they can support the people in need. Thank you very much, uh, Severio. Thank you for being with us and, and finding the time um, uh, to, 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 to discuss this and highlight this. And I will share with our audience all, all the relevant uh, links. And um, uh, we, we thank you for what you're doing uh, as a social entrepreneur. Uh, the, the impact is, is huge. Thank you so much. Thank you, Effie. Thank you for listening to the latest Irish Tech News podcast. Check back every day for the latest episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Irish underscore tech news. On Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Irish Tech News. On LinkedIn, linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash Irish dash tech dash news. On Instagram, instagram.com forward slash Irish Tech News dot IE. And on TikTok, tiktok.com forward slash at Irish Tech News.